What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NG English Show. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hi, 大家好，欢迎回到 NG 英文。我是 Stephanie。今天来宾是一位巴西柔道选手，他拥有一间健身房，并且是一位教练。接下来就让我们来欢迎 Steve. Today I'm joined by a superstar. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. He owns a gym. He's a coach, a trainer, and so much more. So everyone, please welcome Steven. All right. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Steve. What's up, my man? Thank you so much for joining us on the NG Ingwen Show. Thank you for having me on the show, John. Yeah. So. For those of you listening, we had Natasha a few weeks back, and Natasha is getting trained by this handsome man right here. I'm okay. <laughs> <Yes> . So, Stephen, you have a a gym called is it AZ Fight Club? I yes, it is.、Right? Yes, it is. We're getting renovated now. It's at Yanjijie across the um the TV stations. That's where the gym、oh, is at. Yeah, nice, nice. So yeah, so I was hoping we could kind of talk about a little bit about fighting and. Your career, the gym itself, and then especially about your your Chinese and your English that, as you said so beautifully, has a flavor to it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so maybe we could start in your own words. Who is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Stephen? <laughs> well, I'm not that interesting. So well, a little bit about me. I was born in Taiwan, and then I was raised in Beijing. I was in Toronto for ten years, and then decided to come back and start my own business here back in Taiwan. Yeah, because that's. It just we、we'll、get into later in the podcast about a little bit about my life experience and stuff, and decide to come back to Taiwan, where I grew up. Because yeah,、mm. yeah, man, it, it's fair that that was wonderfully summarized. Thank you so、yeah. much for that. But yeah, so maybe we could start kind of with the fighting and what fighting means to you, and how you've transitioned now from being a fighter yourself and still doing that, but also now training other fighters and and helping them get ready for competition.、Yeah. Well, I'm not so much of a fighter. Fighter, I like I, I train more MMA fighters to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and、mm. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is kind of what I'm strong. My strong suit is that. So how this started is that back in high school and middle school, I was always kind of a, like a rowdy kid. But then my mom would never let me learn anything martial art related because he's like, "Oh, you're getting so much fight. If I actually teach you how to fight, you actually will kill somebody." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then when I got to university, because I never learned like the martial way of things,、mm. until like a seventy-eight-year-old man really kicked my butt. He was—it's the most deceiving thing. My old judo sensei, he's like walking in a cane, speaking a Quebecois French accent, and kicks my butt. And I'm like, <laughs> how is it possible? Because I used to be on the rugby team in high school, so I was like, I was pretty rough kid, and I was like, whoa. And now I was like, this technique involved. And then judo became BJJ and Muay Thai. Learned some MMA, and then throughout my life for the past ten, eleven years, it has been a constant in my life. And eventually, just became a natural transition where I'm doing this full time as part of my job. Yeah,、mm. yeah, man. It's the the seventy year old man walking with a cane who ends up kicking your butt. I love that story because it's it's such a good analogy for you cannot judge a book by its cover. Whether somebody looks young or weak or old, you know, or strong, you know, if you understand technique and how to how to handle yourself, you know, someone、yeah. can can beat you at anything. So,、yeah. I'm really happy that you learned that humbling lesson. It sounds like, and that is、yeah. now kind of how you teach, in a sense, right?、Like、yeah. Well, I'm I'm still young guy, so I don't teach that way. But I kind of. Before I used to work at a gym at Dynasty, and actually one of my favorite student now, his name is um Joe Si, and that's how I actually he was a big football player from 
You know Taipei Predators? Yeah, I love the Taipei Predators. Yeah, yeah so course. so um, shout out what, Royal and, yeah. and Adam. Yeah, I'm shout out Royal Adam. Adam. Shout out to you guys. I miss you guys. So uh, I see Royal every now and then too. But see what how I I used to work for Royal and then how the way I approach sales is that I would go to football players. I'd be like, Hey man, you guys want to try jujitsu? And they'll be like, And my student now, one of my number one student, Joe Si, he's like saying, Oh, like I don't think jujitsu works. Not in the nicest way, but he's like. He's a sweetheart. He's just like, oh, I don't, I don't know if it'll work. I'm, I'm really big. And I'm like, come give it a try. And then I basically just like kick his butt. And he's like, whoa, this jujitsu stuff works. And then and then he became one of my first student. And then that's how I actually sold my classes. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's shout out to the Taipei Predators, Royal, and our boy Adam. Yeah. And yeah, missed them both. Um, yeah. And Joseph and all the other friends. But thinking then kind of yeah about that entrepreneurial journey with yourself what inspired you to go from hey maybe i want to compete or maybe i want to just train in a gym or be a coach in a gym to be like hey i want to open my own gym and train well actually i gotta give all the credit to my wife Asumi. hey babe shout out shout, shout out, out to the, the wifey um so because <laughs> i was horrifying at all the jobs i work so after so long story short, after I graduated university, my dad wanted me to work at the mainland because he has a good business job and he got some connections that he was going to hook me up with. But then I fell in love with my wife and I was like, I'm going to stay in Toronto and see how it goes. Turns out it was going to be a pretty hard path because I worked all sort of odd jobs. I did shawamas. It was a, it was an Arab food inside a Jewish community center. I was like, well, this is, you know. <laughs> and then I was, I work at box carrying. I sell mobile phone at the hood. I work at retail, so much retail. And then, and then eventually got to the point where my wife goes, throughout all these jobs, I always try to finish exactly on the dot and still go to jujitsu and Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. My wife, because, you know, when people pay for I guess they they expect an Asian. They will be like, "Well, I expect you to do the act to go the extra mile." Now I ain't doing extra nothing. I was just nine to five, four fifty nine. I was gone. I was to be like, I can't make it to jujitsu, and then I get I get to go to jujitsu, and obviously I, I went separate ways from a lot of those jobs, and eventually to the point where my wife goes, "Hey, you need to try something you actually love," mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Why don't you get this fitness and jujitsu and fighting thing a try?" Because obviously doing an office job or any other job is not working out for you. Yeah. And then that's how I ended up and then I ended up in Canada. I just started managing a lot of gyms, managed two or three gyms, kind of hit a plateau. And then my wife, and then we eventually decided to do entrepreneurship. And then, and then back in, and then obviously the real estate prices. And we decided to be like, well, you know, we want to start a family. We want to have our own house. So then we had to come back to Taiwan where we grew up because her dad is actually here too. Oh, and her cool. mom is in Japan, so we can visit them all the time. So that's mm, why we came closer, back. Yeah. Because we know entrepreneurship is a, a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, man. And, and it's beautiful. I think kind of summarizing that a little bit too is you were working all these jobs that you hated, but you still found time when you were tired at the end of the day, super early in the morning to go train. And yeah. your wife was like, hey, Steve. Why don't you try to make that into a career? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually very smart. And it, it's, I think, advice for anyone listening yeah, is, 
if you can if you can kind of find that thing that you love and you can figure out a way to either work in that industry or monetize it as an entrepreneur it's a great great advice it truly is it truly is living a dream there you go living a dream nice man so at az fight club now are you training all different ages all different levels or do you focus on people who are just trying to compete where are you guys at with that well, right now we not we have some kids classes, we have some Muay Thai and no gi jiu jitsu is basically what we teach at AZ Fight Club. And the thing is the gym is still it it has it has a long standing history. Mm-hmm. But I just joined my partner recently, so I'm just, you know, whatever people are trying to do, I'm try to teach them or I try to find somebody because I have enough understanding to know that I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. That whatever the people want, I try to make it the gym on my own. I wanna make a gym like a place where people can hang out. I don't want to be like, we're learning this and this way, and that's it. So I just kind of want to make sure that everybody can come and hang out so I can teach. I'm not saying I'm going to teach whatever people want to learn, but I can try. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll be like, what, if you want to learn copper, I don't know copper, I'll find somebody who does. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. Well, shout out to you. Congratulations. I know the entrepreneurial journey is, like you said, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but oh, yeah. shout out to the wife and shout out to you for trying this. 来宾的健身房叫做 AZ Fight Club。那来宾出生于台湾，但后来在北京成长。他也曾经在多伦多住了十年。那来宾说，他主要在训练 MMA 选手学习巴西柔术。那来宾也分享，因为他在国中的时候其实是一位非常爱捣乱又很不受控的小孩，所以他母亲不让他学任何跟武术相关的运动，因为他担心如果他真的学了，很有可能把别人打死。那直到大学的时候，他被一位七十八岁的柔道老师打败。而且来宾在高中的时候是一位橄榄球员，所以他认为真是太不可思议了，所以他就开始学习柔道、巴西柔道、泰拳等等的。那在接下来的十几年之间，武术成为他生命中一直持续的运动，于是这也自然的转变成了他正职的工作。来宾说，他以前在一间健身房工作，后来他开始主动询问足球员想不想要试试看巴西柔术，直到他遇到了台北猎人队的九四。当时本来他婉拒了他，因为他认为自己的体型比较大。但是试了一堂课之后，他就被来宾打败了，也成为了来宾的第一位学生。那来宾会从教练的身份转换到创业家的原因，要归功于他老婆。因为他刚毕业的时候，他父亲本来希望他去中国工作，但因为他跟他老婆坠入爱河，所以决定留在多伦多。但他没有想到这条路会这么的困难，因此他做了非常多奇怪的工作，像是在一个犹太人社区中心里面卖阿拉伯食物，或是卖手机啊、卖衣服等等的。但是他老婆都认为他最后都会为了上柔道课而准时，甚至提早下班，所以他老婆就劝他试试看一个他真正热爱的工作，因为很明显的上班族跟其他的工作都不是他想要的。那来宾就开始在加拿大经营了三间健身房，但后来都遇到了停滞期，也因为他想要组建家庭，加上房地产价格上的考量，所以就决定回到台湾创业。那一部分也是因为来宾的老婆，他的父亲也在台湾，那母亲在日本，也相对来说比较方便。那来宾说，目前在 AZ Fight Club 有小孩的课程，有泰拳，也有柔道。那其实这间健身房已经存在了一段时间了，他是近期才加入他的合伙人的。那来宾也说，他会希望这个健身房成为大家想要来聚集的一个地方，而且他会尽他所能教他会的。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾跟主持人提到一些片语跟词汇。第一个是 strong suit，strong suit，S T R O N G S U I T。意思是强项。第二个是 rowdy，rowdy，r o w d y， 捣乱跟吵闹或是不受控的意思。那最后就是 plateau，plateau，p l a t e a u， 
，这可以代表高原，也同时代表着平稳期或是停滞期哦。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。But I was hoping, Steve, we could switch gears a little bit, kind of to the story of your life with Beijing, Taiwan, Canada. All those different places, and really how that's influenced your language now over over the years. So maybe let's start with English. Where did English develop? Did that start in Taiwan? The English actually started in, I would say, started in Taiwan, but barely,、mm -hmm. because I was not a very academic kid. Like I ended up in a pretty good university, but throughout my entire life, I have never. I, I'm kind of just. I would say I just like hustle out of my coverage,、mm -hmm. like. I feel like I was only giving like seventy percent because I actually I went to University of Toronto, which is like a really good good school, I'm the best in Canada, but I was not at that level at all. Like my academic prowess is like, oh, this is, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this, these are people who、he's, are actually smart. <laughs> they are these people are actually smart. I'll be grinding in the libraries twelve hours, and I'm like, getting a B minus average. I'm like, man, there are people who are actually talented and stuff. So. I have never been a very talented kid in terms of languages or in terms of anything,、mm -hmm. to be honest. So, I so I picked up English was I pick I would say my English only really took off in in China where I first was living Guangzhou for two years and the rest of the time I was in Beijing, right? And I kind of just stay at the expat community. I I went to Western Academy of Beijing, I went to WAB, and I and I basically. How I think really helped with my journey is like making friends.、Mm -hmm. So back then, in the homeroom, we had like different different teachers, and then all my, and then my homeroom teacher sent me around. Sent me was like all my friends who are like I used to. I never had a lot of friends. I sat around with all, all the, I guess all the white people. So yeah, I sat around. Expats. I guess sat around with all the all the white people because a lot of the Taiwanese or a lot of the Chinese that they kind of stick together with their own. I kind of got because I was a rowdy kid and I didn't. And I didn't speak much English, so they would send me to with the white kids who like to calm me down. And then eventually,、nice. eventually, I I routed them up, and then you know, <laughs> so yeah, and that's and that's how I actually started my journey. But I think I, I got to the point where my speaking English was way better than my written English.、Mm -hmm. My written English was kind of garbage. I got to high school, my teacher was like, "Oh God, this is this is not good." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Well, I would say like, I don't know if you. You listen, listener have heard this before. It's kind of like I speak like Broglish, like 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 a what was it Broglish? Broglish is kind of like a frat boy English, and it's kind of like choppy, and it's grammatically incorrect. But then it sounds like English, and then it's like, well,、oh. I love that. So bro, like like a, like a brother, like your your good friend, like your songti, right? Yeah, yeah. Bro, and then English, bro, bro English, Broglish. Nice. Yeah, just, just that's like, a new one for me. I haven't heard that. Yeah, like I I speak a lot of Broglish, and then I was like,、oh. and then when 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 I got down to written English, I was like, Ugh. like when you actually spelled the word gotta, I like it took me a while、right. to realize you should not use the word gotta in like a in a literature. Gotta,、plot. yeah, right. Like G O T T A, like man, I used to do that、yeah, all like, the time. I gotta get this, yeah, right. It's <laughs> like no,、uh, that's incorrect. <laughs> Or I like, get him, and I was like, oh, this is this. <laughs> it took too late. Yeah. Well, I think I, my English really took a turn. Was I guess in university? Well, no, no, no. It buckled down with a point. Be like, all right, I gotta actually learn this grammar stuff. Yeah. And then eventually, it really like got to a university level. I get when I got into university, where I'd be like, all right, this is how adults speak English. Yeah, man. <laughs> Not so, just a bunch of crap. What What actually helped you though? Do you think transition that that understanding? Do you remember any like tips or advice along the way? 
Mm. Actually, one of the best tips I got is breaking everything down to simple clauses, mm. because oh, my wife hated when we write papers. We used to edit each other's papers, and then my broke. So, because she was was she learning English in Toronto? No, 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 no. She she's like she's kind of like me. She she grew up ten years in Shanghai, went to Toronto for ten years. So we kind of like the same. She's wow, like cool. ten years in Japan, ten years in Shanghai, ten years in Toronto, and I'm kind of the same way too, right? And we would edit edit each other's papers. Right, and then my wife used to hate the way I write because there's no artistry to it, because I'm a soul afraid. Sentence, 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 sentence. Yeah, because I'm so afraid to make grammatic errors. I'll write everything to simple clauses. It's it's not beautiful, but at least it's grammatically correct. Right. So then the teacher wouldn't give me a bad score for making right, gram- right. grammar mistake, but they subject, w- verb, object. Exactly. Like verb, Peter went to the school yesterday. <laughs> like like that. Like like it took me a while to realize like. Right now I'm at this part. At this age too, I'm like semicolon. Is this where this word just goes? And oh I wow! Wa- yeah. And my wife be like, "You're using semicolons now?" Yeah, I try. I try. It's just, it's like see, it's like supposed to be two two clauses that wouldn't make sense without each other, right? So that's what the semicolons. Or I think it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so that it can stand alone sentences. Stand alone, but it wouldn't make sense without it, each yeah. other. They but, have a little context to each other. Yeah, so that's that's why I think I really learned pick up. I I love that man. It's it's perfect too because he's kind of saying right there. You're you use that philosophy. You got interested in a topic yeah. that was actually challenging you, and you had to read and understand the material in English. Yeah. And then you could break it down. Yes, you could write simple clauses, as you say, but that actually helped you build the scaffolding to yeah. get better. I, I love that, man. It's, it's very important. That kind of first principle. Like Same with math, too. It's like the, if you can just go back to subtraction, addition, multiplication, and division, you can then build up to calculus and trigonometry over time. So it's, it's great advice. Thinking, though, Steve, when you came back to Taiwan, did you have to work on your Mandarin again? Oh, yeah, I do. So when I first got back to Taiwan, I was working at Jima Dynasty, right? It's at Shilling. So I first got back, I thought my I have a pretty good grasp of Chinese. I speak Chinese all the time. I, I did Chinese in high school. I got back, I went to Shilling Night Market, and I was like, hey, how much are the box of the chicken feet? Because, you know, I like chicken feet. I like local food. And, you know, and the lady goes, $200. And I was like, dude, $200? <laughs> I know how much chicken feet costs. And my friend pulled me to the side and be like, dude, you guys listen to your Chinese. It's like half Canadian, half Taiwanese, half China, half mainland Chinese. They know you're not from around here. Oh, you are. You got hit with the foreigner price. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm never coming out with you again. Your Chinese needs to, needs to work. And so, yeah, and I come to working on that now. Like, you know, like I know my Chinese, but then because it's all the certain flavor based on my life experiences, that it's like, a little different than what Taiwanese people's Chinese is, and they will be like, "Wait, where are you from?" I'm like, "No, no I'm Taiwanese. I'm Taiwanese." And I got to go through the whole spiel about ten years in Toronto, ten years in mainland. That's yeah, and yeah, and also because what I realized the difference between mainland Chinese and Chinese Taiwanese Chinese is that there's a because I feel like in Taiwan Taiwanese Chinese there's a certain element of Japanese influence to it, like the politeness is yeah, very crucial, softness. Yeah, the mm-hmm. politeness is very crucial, right? Like. Like when somebody is, is in, in, for example, in terms of sales, when somebody goes, oh, because I call you, you like to think about it. And then in English, you will say, oh, think about it. All right. Then you can just let me know. Right. It, it sounds pretty straightforward sales talk, but that's too straightforward for Taiwanese Chinese. Right. So when they say I'll think about it, that means no. Right. <laughs> right. The way they think about it, that means no. They, 
Because in Chinese, you're like, like, like it's like you want it or not. You know, it's like a straightforward answer. But in Taiwanese Chinese, kind of sort of softness and politeness, mm-hmm. a little a little bit more ambiguity mm-hmm. is what I realized. At, at least in terms of the professional setting, like yeah. in terms of sales. Yeah, for sure. I, I see that a lot too, and it's. You gotta add a lot of softness to the end of your sentences too. Like, yeah. Ah la na. Yeah, exactly. Ba, you know, like exactly. throwing that exactly. in just to like let me soften everything because that's hard for me because I'm very direct. Yeah. You know, like when it, we're, we're California, like even though that's it's it's more New York. My my family's from New York, but I was grew up in California. But get to the point. <laughs> it's like, why are you talking to me? You tell me what you want. Exactly. <laughs> if you want it or not, it's okay. I think yeah. exactly, and that's I guess was my. Chinese is flavored that way too, because I take them my English mm-hmm. and I make a new Chinese because I live in Canada for so long. Right. But on my expat friend for so long, when I do sales in a professional setting, it's like very direct. Mm-hmm. But what seems direct and genuine in a North American setting right. may seem rude to Taiwanese people. They're like, how dare you? Right? Yeah, they're like, no, I don't want to take your thing. <laughs> I don't yeah. want your business. Lai Bing said his English ability is 虽然最后他读了一间很好的大学，但他认为自己一直以来都只有付出七十趴的努力。像他进到了多伦多大学的时候，他认为他的学习能力其实完全跟那些聪明的学霸不在同一个水平上。所以他就算是在图书馆努力的学习十二个小时以上，但他最终还是会考一个 B 减之类的。来宾认为他自己不是属于天才型的。那他说他英文真的进步的时候是在他在广州跟北京上学的时候。因为当时他就读了一间国际学校，所以他认为交朋友其实对他的帮助非常大。那当时因为他是一个很爱捣乱的小孩，而且他不太会英文，所以老师为了让他冷静一点，就把他放在白人的群体当中。可是没有想到，他反而影响了他的朋友们跟他一起闹。那后来他的英文口说远比他写作好太多了，而且到了高中的时候，他的老师其实还蛮担心的，因为他太习惯用口语化的英文写作，而且文法跟拼音都不太对。所以在他要上大学之前，就决定好好研究一下文法。那来宾也分享，他当时跟他老婆都会互相改作文，但其实他老婆非常讨厌他的写作，因为完全没有艺术性跟创意。那这也是因为来宾为了不要写错文法，所以都用最基本的原则在写，那也因此让他的文法进步很多。那来宾也说，他刚回台湾的时候也必须调整他的中文，虽然当时他自认为中文很好，但有一次他跟朋友去市林夜市买鸡脚的时候，对方要卖他一盒两百台币。那这时候，他朋友才说，这是因为他的中文有夹杂了加拿大、台湾、中国混合的腔调，所以被当成了外国人。来宾也分享，他认为在台湾的中文其实比较注重礼貌跟委婉的表达方式，因为他太习惯用英文的说法直接翻成中文，所以有时候会显得好像比较没有礼貌。那他认为台湾人比较习惯用模棱两可的方式说话。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾跟主持人提到一些片语跟词汇。第一个是 prowess，prowess。P R O W E S S 代表着杰出的技能。第二个是 ambiguity， ambiguity， A M B I G U I T Y， 意思是模棱两可。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。Very cool, Steve. Well, it sounds like you. I, I love it. The flavor of your life, the flavor of your 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 work and your language now. And a question I love to end with is: if you could go back and talk to a younger Steve. Before you were training, before you were an entrepreneur, before you had your languages, would there be any advice you give yourself about language, life, business? Marry my wife earlier. <laughs>、uh, marry my wife earlier, and then, and then, yeah, that that that's actually a good one. You, you need a you need a main partner in your life,、mm-hmm. 
and I feel like she really helped me find find who I am as a person. Right? Mm. It's not because I married her earlier because you know we're gonna be together for the rest of our lives, but you know, marry earlier also find out who you are as a person mm. as well, because that's one of the hardest things. Because I know unlike some other people, I it took me a while to find out who I who I am. Mm-hmm. And my wife really helped me discover that, and I think she had no choice. Mm-hmm. But then, if I feel like if I met my wife earlier, I married her earlier, I met her earlier, it would have gave me the confidence to find out who I am earlier mm-hmm. to make the man I am today. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'm more hesitant, then it would take yeah. yeah. I love it, man. Beautiful. Shout out to the wife. Shout, Shout to the out wife. to strong partners, men and women. Yeah. In 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 everyone's lives, I I couldn't agree with that more. It's. When you are in those relationships, you really get challenged. You know, you have to find out who you are. You have to dig deep. And if you have a partner who supports you and helps you dig and they don't run away when it gets tough, man. Oh, oof, yeah, I would have left me a, a long time ago. Yeah. I was getting fired from all sorts of jobs. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a real one. So shout out yeah. to the wife. Yeah. 他老婆依旧不离不弃。所以就像John提到的,希望大家都能遇到能够帮助自己更认识自己的另一半,并且在艰难的时期也能够不离不弃哦。那我们就谢谢艰难来宾,Steve。Alright, Steve, well, where can people find your gym? Where can they find maybe your life online? My gym is um, AZ Fight Club, TW. Um, you can find us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. And our gym is at Yan Jijie. And um, it's across from the Zhongshi Huashi building, the old buildings. And yeah. All right, Steve. Thanks so much well, for joining. All classes are taught in Chinese and English, so you know it wouldn't be an issue. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, you want to work on your English, you want to work on your Chinese, you know where to go. All right. Thanks, Steve. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Boom. All right, everyone. Please go follow along with Steve at his gym or online, AZ Fight Club, or myself, John Drummond89, or Yang Haolin. All right, everyone. Stay curious. Stay hungry. Find that partner. You won't regret it. Much love. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace. All right. Well, that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen, or you can search on IG, NG English, I-C-R-T. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from 6.30 to 7, and Wednesday night, from 9 to 9.30. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.